There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to tell you that our great friend Shelby Gale is now 30 weeks pregnant, and a week and a half ago, she was diagnosed with invasive ductal carcinoma breast cancer. In true Shelby fashion, she's taking it on courageously and she will be kicking the shit out of cancer. I have zero doubt in my mind. But those medical bills are going to add up and her pals have set up a GoFundMe to help relieve some of the financial burden. Now, I know you don't know Shelby all that well, but if you listened to season one, you remember that she not only gave of herself so selflessly in the Peace Corps, but also in being a surrogate to three children. She's also helped me so much along my journey and I just want to help her too. So, So if you can contribute to her GoFundMe, please do. You can find a link to her GoFundMe in my show notes. The show notes are the notes underneath the episode description in case you don't know. Okay, so stop what you're doing right now, pause the podcast, and go to the show notes and make a contribution. She needs our help. An Erios production. Menopause is coming and the men have all left town, but I'm not giving up until I see that baby crown. 39 and single, can someone help me out? He could be balding, bearded, shorter, tall, funny, smart, love basketball, from gay, straight, black, white, tiny eyes with an underbite, I just need Hey everybody, thanks for listening to that announcement I gave before the song. If you skipped the ads, then you may have missed the announcement, so go back and listen to the announcement. It's important. Well, we have a very full episode for you. In the second half, you're going to hear an interview with Erin Gibson, a woman I just fucking love. She's so smart and she's so funny and I'm just in awe of her. But we're going to start out with some updates and a procedure, if you know what I mean. Last week, I left you on a cliffhanger, I think. What was it? I don't even remember. Hold on. Here is the end of last week's episode on my phone. Hold on. Before you go, I have some news. Yeah. Today, I went to Dr. Kalen a day early because I was scared I had already ovulated. And we have some developments, people. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait until next week. Okay, I can tell you what happened. So basically, I thought I was ovulating. I went and saw Dr. Kalen a day early, and my uterine lining looked amazing, 7.9 millimeters, and he was like, hey, we can get this started today. We can start the progesterone shots tonight, and instead of doing the transfer on Monday, we can do it on Saturday the 23rd. Ooh, it was very exciting. I know it was only two days, but two days is an eternity when you have to wait so long for everything. Okay, so that night I started my progesterone and oil butt shots. Here are some excerpts from the video I posted on Patreon. Hey everybody, it's time for me to do my progesterone shot. My first time, and I'm doing it by myself. I'm warming up the area with a jar of hot water. Okay, I've um, filled up my needle with the stuff. This is a much longer needle than the other ones. This one is intramuscular, not to go into the... The other one's called intra... I can't remember... (laughs) Anyway, this has to go into your muscle. 
Okay, so they say to go above the butt crack, outer and upper. Oh God, it's very big. Okay, fuck me. <laughs> Long story short, I did it. I did my first one all by myself and I didn't cry. Wow, I've really grown. Okay, thanks for being here with me. And then I did it every night after that. Finally, it was Friday. I had some work as usual, but for the most part, I just tried to chill out as much as possible. And I may have chilled out too much. I did some yoga in the morning and meditation after that. I went to acupuncture, then I took some headshots and then cleaned the Airbnb because, you know, work, jobs. Then I took a hike and tried to connect with nature. I came home and did my evening meditation. I took a bath. I cut up some vegetables to put into the crock pot for the next morning. And by the time it was time to go to bed, I was suddenly hit with anxiety. All these fears kept coming to mind like... What if I got there and my uterine lining was all fucked up and they'd thawed my embryo and it wasn't ready to go in? Or what if, what if, even worse, what if the embryo didn't even survive the thaw? I mean, the poor thing had been frozen and biopsied and thawed twice. As I got into bed, my throat was tight and I had heartburn and I couldn't fall asleep. My mind kept racing. This was anxiety like I hadn't had in a long time. It wasn't a panic attack, so that's good, but it wasn't fun. I looked forward to the next morning when I'd be able to take Valium for the procedure. Finally fell asleep around midnight, woke up at 2.30, was awake for an hour, woke up again at 5.30, did a meditation, and headed over to the clinic where I met Hannah and Dr. Kalen. First and foremost, what is this music? Is this, is this our choice? <laughs> I, didn't play, I didn't make a choice. I oh, <laughs> we should make a choice. Yeah, pick an artist you like. I played like Maggie Rogers or something. Um... It's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. <laughs> How about... All I can think of is Indigo Girls. Great. I don't want any Indigo Girls. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny how that happens. How I, 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 okay. We just do... We can do classical. We can, uh, do, we can do... Bach. There you go. That's like a good choice. In That's my dad's... I'm wearing my dad's jacket here. Nice. His Boy Scout jacket. Mm -hmm. uh, Alexa, please play Bach. Shuffling songs by Johann Sebastian Bach on Amazon she knows Music. Him. She knows <laughs> okay, so then the video got cut off, but by this time I'd already seen the IVF nurse, Nancy, and she told me that my uterus, my uterine lining looked good. And then when we talked to Dr. Kalen, he told me that the embryo was expanding. Now, he may have explained what that meant at the time, but I don't exactly remember. And like I said, the video got cut off for a minute. So here's what I'm gathering from the internet. When an embryologist goes to cryogenically freeze an embryo, before they freeze it, they make a small hole between a couple cells to release some of the fluid that's inside. That makes it easier to freeze. Once they thaw it, the cavity within the cell, the blastocele, will start to begin to fill with fluid and the embryo will begin to expand. I think that's what the doctor meant when he said that the embryo was expanding. And that's amazing. That's good. It means the embryo is alive. So we will get started shortly. If you have any questions later, feel free to ask. Thanks, George. You're welcome. That was George, the embryologist. He's a wonderful embryologist. He's like, I mean, they're all, all good. He's so kind of good. George is, um, he's, he's technically talented. He's mm. like, um, they're all very, very good. Yes. Okay, so the next part is kind of hard to hear. He says they're going to put the catheter into the uterus with ultrasound guidance, 
and then once they've got the catheter in the exact right spot, they're going to let George know that they're ready. He's then going to load the embryo into a catheter identical to the catheter that's in your uterus. He'll bring in the inner sheath of that catheter, and I'll have the inner and outer sheath in your uterus. I'll then remove the inner sheath, replace that one with the loaded one, drop it off, bada bing, bada bang. Cool. Okay, so this embryo... I have to get my mom on FaceTime, too. Okay. We're doing video and FaceTime. Can you do both things right now? I'm going to use her phone. Use my phone. Um, now, now, also, this, so this embryo is a very special embryo. Yes. Because of the grading situation. Yes. So the only caveat is that we have to be very, very careful once we're pregnant. Mm-hmm. We, we should test. We should... Yeah. You know, I, I, usually I tell people, you don't have to do a CVS or an amnio, but this mm-hmm. is a situation where we, we're going to have to. Um, so we are optimistic and we're putting all of the wonderful energy towards this embryo in this situation. We're going to be cautiously optimistic. Yes, yes. And we're going to do uh, trust but verify. This is exactly what we're doing. Trust. That's like a, I think Gorbachev said that to Reagan. <laughs> Reagan said oh, yeah, I know all of the Gorbachev stuff. <laughs> Gorby. Oh, Gorby, yeah. Yeah, we just watched uh, Chernobyl. (laughs) Which was actually fascinating. Hilarious. I love that show. (laughs) Okay. I have a question. Okay. With the uh, having been biopsied twice, is there more likelihood of um, the embryo splitting and making... Um, Twins? Or triplets? (laughs) Um... So, so we do believe that there is a um, there's a correlation between the uh, this stage embryo and being an IVF and the manipulation and its splitting. There is no there is no evidence for us I know of like two biopsies increasing the chance because the numbers are just way too low. Um, so we'll see. So that chance is out there. I don't know if it's higher because of the two two things, but it is it is possible. It certainly has happened before. Interesting. Um, it's, it's suboptimal, but um, it's not what we're hoping for, of course. I don't mind. I know we're not hoping for it. Okay. Anyway, but the point of that is that if that happens, that's like it's, it's, that's God's will. It's beyond our, our control. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to have you sign here. After all the paperwork was settled and it was time to get going, I FaceTimed my mom. Oh, are you coming, mom? Yes. That Bach is really loud. Alexa, volume down. Sorry, one second. One more try. And then we'll move on. Hi, Mommy. Oh, my darling. Mommy. Hi, Mommy. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Kim. Hi. Oh, my gosh, you look just like your Bitmoji. <laughs> Hi. Hi. We love your Bitmojis. Okay, we have to get to work now. Okay, guys. I've already looked at the embryo, Mom. It looks good. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. If you want to see a picture of it, it's on the Patreon. All right, so first things first, I'm going to spec it, and then you're going to put my hand in your fly molly right here. Okay. And then you can go tips. pressure here. Sorry, yeah. this music. I know. <laughs> we put our box. I thought, I don't know why. <laughs> this is good. Laughing's good. This is like Count Dracula. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> About, um, you can change the music. Alexa, play Leon Bridges. <laughs> 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 
Nothing's happening yet, Mom. Just in case you're wondering. You will feel a little pressure here. I'm just doing some cleaning on your service. Okay. So now he's trying to get the catheter into the cervix and then into the right position in the uterus. Nancy is helping by doing the ultrasound on my abdomen at the same time. They're using the ultrasound to view the uterus, but I think they're also using it to push the bladder around so that the bladder pushes on the uterus and puts it into the right position. I've been told I have a tilted uterus, so this can make it difficult to get to the right angle. This goes on for a long time, so I'm cutting a bunch. I don't know if it always takes this long or if my uterus is just annoying. Anyway, of course, you can see this all on the Patreon. That's okay. Alexa, turn off. <laughs> you doing okay, Mom? I'm great. I'm just thinking about editing. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm looking at, though. No, I'll show you in a second. We're, uh, we're just looking at the tip of the catheter. This is that empty catheter, right? So we just want to make sure this is in the right spot. Because mm-hmm. what I'm going to do is I'm, once I'm sure this is in the right spot, then I can leave this catheter in place, and then yeah. we don't have to find the spot when the embryo is right. there. Okay, I'm just going to repeat what he said. They've got the catheter in the right spot in my uterus, and now they're going to call for George, who's going to bring in the embryo. Right. Ready to go, George. My dad's here. <laughs> oh, my God. My dad's here. (laughs) No, he's in here. Uh Oh. Oh my god, I'm laughing. Don't make me laugh, guys. Okay, so then Dr. Kalen directs me to look up at the screen. So now you're gonna look up at this screen over here. There we go, good. What appears on there is basically a petri dish with my name on it. And my birthday. Correct. Transferring number two. Transferring number two. Yes. They zoom in on it. Look at that. And as you can see, it's continuing to do its thing. Can you see that? Yes. Yeah. Thank you, George. And he said, as you can see, it's continuing to do its thing. Can you see that? It was very cool. He zoomed in on the embryo. Very cool. Could you guys see that at all? So cool. <laughs> you would like the inner catheter only? Inner catheter, glass syringe, please. You're okay, Molly? Mm-hmm. They're cramping or anything? What's that now? Any cramping or anything? Nope. Cool. <laughs> yours looks really good. We're just waiting for the embryo to come from the other room. Yep. Yeah. I just told Dad you're wearing your voice cap. His voice cap jacket. Yeah. You get up there what? Oh gosh, that's funny. He didn't hear that. My mom said she told my dad I was wearing his Boy Scout uniform from 1942, and my dad said she gets a merit badge. Funny. Now George is in the room, and they're inserting the inner sheath into the catheter with the embryo inside the inner sheath in the syringe. We're watching this on the ultrasound, but it's really hard to see. Thank you. Thank you. Did you see that little, like, there's a little moment, like, 
So that little, little moment of a little flash, a little speck, actually, like right here. That's the air in the water around the embryo. Okay. You can't actually see the embryo. Right, because it's microscopic. Right, but you can see the air and the fluid around it. Uh-huh. And so now what's happening is George is now taking it. Thank you. George looks under the microscope at the catheter to make sure that everything is out. To make sure the embryo actually came out of the catheter. Exactly. So we know that because sometimes the fluid comes out and the embryo gets stuck. Yeah. And then you have to repeat the process. Um, but that's not what happened. Everything came out the way it should have. So okay. That is good. So hang on a second. <laughs> Here. Hi guys. Hi. Up. Got a lot of blankets here. I know. Sorry, I was. No, no, no. I didn't want to be cold. You got as many as you like. Tilt you back a little bit. Now they're tilting me back. Then you're gonna hang out here for about 20 minutes. Okay. Our pregnancy test is going to be a week from Monday. Mm-hmm. Is that right? That's the is that the second of December. Okay. You'll come in. We're gonna do a urine test that day. Mm-hmm. We'll also do a blood test. The urine test, if it's positive, we're very, very happy. If it's negative, we're not so happy. But the blood test is the right. most important thing either way. Yeah. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'll try and hold off till then. I think I want to hold off till then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. And then he put his hand on my hand, and Hannah put her hand on my hand, and it was a nice moment. And then Hannah and I hung out for 20 minutes. Then she drove me home. She made me oatmeal. We watched the Great British Baking Show. She left and then Kristen came over and she brought me the most delicious homemade popcorn I've ever had in my entire life. And we talked and we watched Schitt's Creek. I had the most amazing little nap and then Trisha came over and then we had crockpot soup and we watched the full second season of Fleabag. Oh my God, it was a glorious day. Then Trisha left and I did my progesterone shot and I may have watched some more TV and then I went to sleep. On Sunday morning, I woke up, I took headshots, I cleaned the Airbnb, I called my Nana, I took a nap on the sunny part of my bed and it was so sweet and warm and cozy. I've been keeping my feet warm, drinking nourishing broths, eating pineapple, pomegranate juice, and I'm just trying to take it easy. I'm treating my body as if I'm pregnant because technically I am pregnant. I have an embryo inside of me. That means no coffee, no alcohol, no crack, no meth, no special K, no mushrooms, no acid. If I can stay off that stuff, I think we'll be good. And now I'm officially in the two-week wait, the dreaded two-week wait, but I've been here before. In fact, this is my ninth time. I think I'm going to be fine. It's going to be rough when it gets closer to next Monday, but I will survive. In the meantime, let's see if we can tide ourselves over with this interview with Aaron Gibson. Aaron Gibson is one of the coolest, smartest, funniest people I know. She wrote a book called Feminasty, The Complicated Woman's Guide to Surviving the Patriarchy Without Drinking Herself to Death. She's also the co-host of the wildly successful podcast, Throwing Shade with Brian Safie. And I've been trying to get her on this podcast for over a year. Here she is, Erin Gibson. Hi, Erin. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Things are great. It's so good to see you. I've wanted you on this podcast for a year. I know. you know, that's A whole I'm, year. I, you know how long I've been in LA this year? How long? I added it up the other day, a month and a half. Oh my gosh. Because my dad, my I don't know if you know, but my no. dad was sick last year, so I've been like helping him with 
oh um redefining his life <laughs> oh okay he got better he's 100 percent hell cancer yes. free fuck yes but i moved him out of texas i moved him to santa fe oh right and you've been doing all kinds of you did you buy a house in santa fe i bought a house for him and my mother-in-law to share oh that's and there's so a rental great. property on it that's so great you know so you mogul to make, yeah we're mogul both, moves yes 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 we're both um slumlords <laughs> you're a slumlord to your parents i'm a slumlord <laughs> only one of them pays me rent right now oh. <laughs> <laughs> because they asked to they asked if they could they didn't my dad didn't feel right living I there understand. for free and quite honestly it helps <laughs> yeah sure i'm not like independently wealthy i know i know so i wish but, i was but the re- i drive what? a 15 year old car okay. i'm not ashamed damn me too Damn, I'm feeling good about myself Yeah, now. Volkswagen Jetta? Damn, no. Mine's a Hyundai Elantra. Well, Hatchback, same. baby. Yeah, because you could put that furniture in there, honey. Hey, yes. <laughs> I could pick up all the street furniture I want. <laughs> Find a chair, put it in. Aaron, I got a quick question. Yes. No, I got a statement. Oh, okay. Aaron, you wrote a book. <laughs> the reason I couldn't get you on the podcast last year was because you were so... Well, initially was because you were about to publish this book and then go on tour, right? Yeah. Yeah. I went on tour with the book I simultaneously a- with Throwing Shade. So I did two tours at once, which, I, which I don't shade. recommend. Don't do two tours. Don't do that. Don't do a podcast tour and don't do a book tour at the same don't time. Don't tell your publisher, oh, you don't want to pay for me to do events in other cities? Well, I'll just do, I'll just stay extra days and do them in, um, on my own. Got you. You know. Part of the hustle. So you, you're a hustler. You are, yes, you're I'm a ske- I like to call myself a schemer. A schemer. Yes. Very I've also cool. schemed in areas of this podcast. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I've donated eggs five times. What? Erin. Yeah. I am so excited. Yeah. I love that so much. You have no idea. Oh my God. Okay. But hold on. Okay. I'm trying to promote your book real quick. Okay. Can you just give yes. me one second? She wrote a fucking book. It's called Feminasty. And um, I read it uh, when it came out. It was like a year ago or more. September. Yeah. Last September. It's so incredible. Thank you. And you're so smart and so funny. And I, I, can you explain it because I'm bad at things like that? Oh, sure. It's Thank basically you. a manifesto of like feminist ideals that I think are applicable to people who don't really consider themselves feminists. It's a gateway drug to feminism. Ooh, yeah. So it's like raunchy, dirty, all that stuff, but stacked full of stats. I can't believe your brain. How does that stuff? I'm just, highbrow, lowbrow. But does that stuff just flow out of you, mm-hmm. or do you have to like? No, this took me almost two years to do. But like, it would take me two years to write one paragraph of that book. The details, the words, the adjectives, I can't, I don't know how you do it. It's, anybody who says writing a book is easy is a fucking liar. Fuck those guys. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. And I've donated eggs five times. (laughs) Okay, fine, (laughs) Erin, we'll talk about it. But also, I want to promote your podcast, because it it it. needs more of my (laughs) listeners. (laughs) I would would take, I'd love anybody who wants to hop on board. Your podcast is wildly successful, and your book got a lot of great success, too. Yeah, Yeah. well, it came out in paperback, which I guess is not a thing that books get to do anymore, so that's like So that's a good sign. Yeah, it's a good sign. And you've got 70 boxes of them at home, you said. They send me extras every time they sell books. Listeners, you have to get this book. It's called Feminist. It's out in paperback. It's even cheaper now. Oh my gosh. Get one. It's incredible. I've got a copy in my Airbnb and now I've got a copy uh, for my 
regular house because she brought me an extra copy. You can, yeah, and you can, if you give it to somebody, I have more. You know what? If you're if you're on my Patreon, I will send you, I, that doesn't work. I can't do that. <laughs> you can Never send mind. him this? No. Oh, a signed copy yeah. of yours? But I want one. Yeah, look, I have more. <laughs> if you want giveaways, okay. I have them for you. I'm going to send... Um, I'll send you. I'll that, send, I don't know how to do Patreon giveaways. Whoever um, the next person to sign up, the very next person to sign up, they won't even know that they're in a new contest. Oh shit! You're oh right. wait, no, they will. Right after this episode comes out, okay, the first person to sign up for my Patreon for a dollar a month or more, whatever you want, gets a signed copy of Feminasty. Great. Should I make it five dollars? No, because then they could have bought it online. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at this. We have to do this. This is tight. This is a tight half hour. Oh yeah, let me. I'm just okay. gonna pull my phone out because I have a call with my lawyer. Okay, baby. over problems. Oh. It's okay. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. You know what? Here's a lesson: ask for help when you need it uh, from a lawyer, <laughs> from a professional. <laughs> whether it's landscaping or if you don't can't a, decide what color to put is on this your a nails. Santa Fe lawyer? No, he's my lawyer here in. Um, Los Angeles. We're not going to get into that unless you, unless it's, it's not pertinent. anything. It's not interesting. It's just, you know, people not, not doing the right thing. Yeah. Classic LA. Anybody who lives here, you know it. I you know it. You love it. I know it. I love it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So you donated eggs five times? Yeah, in college and in college. Now, did you do it solely to make money? Yeah. God. But I told myself it wasn't that reason. Oh. I I said, oh, well, I never wanted to have kids. Okay, never. This is the reason I thought you were coming today. Because back at the time when I was um, interviewing people about, this was when I wanted to interview you was when I was trying to figure out if this is for sure what I wanted to do. Which is to freeze your eggs and do all the... <laughs> no, I... <laughs> have, you, have you talked about that? Oh, I've done... I changed gynecologists because he tried to pressure me to freeze my eggs after I told him several times, I don't want fucking kids. I don't want kids. So I'm not going to give you $7,000 <laughs> to remove my eggs and put them in the freezer. Yeah. Doctor. Yeah. Bobby. Dr. Bobby. <laughs> Dr. Bobby. <laughs> Yeah, see, is it now as a professional podcaster, mm-hmm. is it bad to say people's names and, and talk shit about them? Because my well, guests, if, it, if they, I mean, if you're helping my, other women, yeah, my guests ask all the time. I don't time, know. Maybe you I'm should like, bleep, out, bleep out his. Can you bleep out his last name? Yeah, I'll, I'll bleep it. Anyway, do but you it know? is a he. Oh, okay, that narrows it down, Doctor Bobby. Okay, so I don't know how where it starts. So okay, egg so freezing. I saw an ad in the local like alternative paper. Yes, and I thought, oh well, this would be good. I don't care about having kids and these people want to have kids and had you ever heard of this before no oh actually that's not true i had a friend of a friend who actually lives here and her husband was like make used to make jokes about like people who donate eggs like it was a desperate thing and then i remember once i was like 
But what, who do you, what do you care? Like people get a baby and like that person should be compensated because mm-hmm. it's a really, I assume, hard thing to do. And yeah. he didn't like that. I was like, you know, undercutting this hilarious yeah. joke that he always told. Um, <laughs> so then I just did it. And I, once you do it once, you go, oh, okay, I got the hang of this. Yeah. So then it's a little bit of an easier decision. And But I kept getting called back. Oh, cool. Because like a commercial audition. Speaking right. Your language. Like call. Yeah. Oh, I don't understand. Can you explain? Did you get on a veil? They they put me on they booked me. Um because I can produce a crazy amount of eggs. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Amazing. I'm like an egg machine. Oh. The first time I donated though was really crazy. As you probably know, having been on hormones, yeah. they no one can really like actually tell you what's gonna happen to your yeah. body. And I was went crazy. <gasps> I wanted to fuck everybody I saw. Oh, hell yeah. Everybody. And I don't have like a necessarily like a high sex drive. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm picky, you uh-huh. know? I like when I see something I like, I'm like, oh yeah, that guy. And do you just tell them? How do you do No, it? you just walk around with like saliva coming out oh, of you your don't mouth get and them. just like, you, well, you get... can't do it when you're oh, on those that's meds. that's right. That's right. You, cause you're, I basically had like 22 eggs inside. And you could hurt, yeah, you could hurt those. Ouch. Like, cause you, you get could so hurt swollen. The, it was more of like, do I want to be pregnant with whatever 22, 22 is? <laughs> do I want to be the Octomom before the Octomom? Oh my God. It's just super dangerous. You're yeah. super fertile and you have all these yeah. ready to pop yeah. things inside of you. That's what was crazy. And then also one time I accidentally started my period weirdly in the beginning of it. And I mm. bled so much that I had to go to the emergency room. Oh my God. And I, the IVF center didn't care. Where is, where was this? This is in Houston. Mm. Yeah. They didn't care. I called them and I was like crying and I was like, I am hemorrhaging something. Wow. And then they were just like, okay, well, you're probably fine. But if you need to go to the emergency room, you have to go to the hospital. And I was like, do you guys care that I, someone's paying you yeah. to this pay me? Kind of, it's your do, fault. Yeah. <laughs> so. Show a little. After that, I was like, I got this. Now I know. Yeah. 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 Now I know. And so over the course of four years in college, you just, you just did it just a did bunch it. of times. Yeah. How much did you make back then? Do you know? I think it was 5K a, wow. a round. Cool. Yeah. You were popular because you're, you're cute Which sounds like nothing now. I know. I know. But after taxes, it's not, it's, uh, it's a, I mean, for a month of work. That's not. Where you're injecting yourself. Maybe, it, maybe you get a lot more these days. Yeah, you might. You definitely do if you're like Ivy League or whatever. Right. Well, I was Ivy League and I considered it. <laughs> I think but you get I like 15,000. Back then, I felt a uh, because I did want kids so badly, but I don't know. That's all I want to do now. I wish that I was 20 years old and could give my eggs to everybody because I know how fucking hard and expensive the whole process is. And I just wish that I'd thought of that back then because back then all I thought it was was about money and and that would make me a bad person or something and yeah. I it, and but, I knew but, somebody else that did it who felt guilty about it and that's there's nothing to feel guilty about it's wonderful so what one day you might walk into someone who looks like you and they're like a that might be creepy but the chances of that are just so slim right right totally now so do you have any idea if any of them worked? they all got pregnant how many people do you think five so you have, but five. I don't know if any of them had twins, right? And or, or pretty... siblings, because they probably have your eggs. They probably oh, you made embryos they... and, and kept some right. frozen for round two. So who knows? So you might have up to ten, maybe. Yeah, possibly. Could be. So have you ever done twenty three and Me? If you are you curious about it at all? No, I'm no. not, and I'm not curious about twenty three and Me. No, me neither. I don't. 
don't care. But I wonder if they're curious about you. They might be, and they'll never find me <laughs> unless they see my this book. That's yeah. the only thing. If they're that the airport, exactly they like, like me. That looks like my. That could be my mom, even though my mom doesn't look like me. That's what I don't understand too. Is like, how do you talk to the kids when they're not genetically? Yeah. I have some friends who've gone through IVF, and they said that they use the term "tummy mommy." Oh, that's good. when they have had surrogates. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I mean, what if you don't have a surrogate? What if it's not your egg? What if it's your husband's sperm and someone else's egg? What do you say then? I'm not your. I'm not your. I gave birth to you, but I'm like, how do you explain that to a kid? Well, it's or do same, you? Well, I don't know. You do explain it. You've got to do it early, and there's books like children's books all about oh, it. And you really, do, yeah, yeah. You just have to keep them. Um, you know, talk to toddlers like they're adults. Sure, yeah. sure. But even when they're like, they say to start telling them when they're three months old. Just you're you're practicing, and like, because my baby's going to not have uh, a father, they're going to wonder where they're their DNA came from or whatever. And I've got to, I'm going to have to explain that. And I don't know, I'm going to have to do my research because this isn't the pitch. <laughs> the, the pitch is give me the baby. I'll figure the rest out later. Exactly. Yeah. I'll, cause I'm thinking about too many things right now. So that oh. part's going to come later in the podcast. <laughs> when you, when you have the baby and yeah. then the baby's like yeah. here and asking questions, yeah, then we're going to figure it out. <laughs> my listeners will tell me <laughs> what to do. <laughs> okay. So then you, you always knew you didn't want kids. But now, something that you told me was that you have a brother-in-law who has Down syndrome. Yeah, who lives and, with us. And he lives with you. So, yeah. so does it feel like you are kind uh, of... Mom, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we have my husband's brother who lives with us. And then, first of all, he's a walking bundle of absolute smiles and hugs. Yeah. he He has a very impeded speech so he talks like a three-year-old uh-huh, he uh-huh. has a he has a speech impediment and that like sentence structure of that of a late toddler basically but right, he has right. but he but his comprehension skills are much more advanced oh, wow. okay but he's in the body of a 33 year old man so there's a lot going on and yeah. there's a lot of other stuff so and the crazy thing is there's the, I, I just ordered a book on down syndrome adults and dealing with their psychology and stuff because there's not that much out there like unlike baby stuff fuck? that's crazy you can't oh it's cra- well so they have a lot of like digestive problems and then oh. also like very like hobbity feet oh. like wide and very short uh-huh. and it's really hard to find shoes for him. It's really hard to like do things that he needs. And so I go on these like support boards and they're like mm. new balances, this brand and this size and this width and all this stuff to find that stuff. Uh-huh. But um, for sure, it's like having a kid, but it's like having a kid that you can't talk to other people about around you because they don't understand. Goddamn. They don't understand limit his limitations or what he's capable of because it's not like he's not a kid. Right. And I'm sure you don't know a lot of adults that are taking care of a 33-year-old. And also now we have essentially taken on responsibility of my dad and my husband's mom, who are both 74. Uh They're able to do stuff, but, you know. So we have three children, (laughs) all of them over the ages of 33. You didn't want kids. I didn't want want to take care of anybody. (sighs) But I'm really good at it and I like it. I just don't want... If I had a kid right now, I, I don't, I mean, I'm sure I'm not I would, trying to get you to have a kid. No, no. Way. I'm just, I always think about like, what if I had had a kid two years ago and then all this tragedy in my life happened yeah. that I had to deal with? Yeah. I don't know what I would have, I mean, if I would have done it, but like I was flying back and forth 
from Texas once or twice a month. And I was living in Texas to wow. help my dad wow. when he was going through cancer treatment. And like, you, you, you can do that with the child, but yeah, that's hard. That's really hard. So yeah. I'm able to do all these other things for my parents because, and my brother-in-law, because I don't have kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe I could do it in spite of, but I don't really, I don't care that I don't have the thing. Yeah. I don't have the thing. I, I like kids. And when I see kids, I can appreciate that they're adorable. Yeah. I have twin niece and nephew. They're fantastic. We have the best time. I come over and I'm full clown for them and they love it. (laughs) And then I leave. Yeah. I need a crazy amount of alone time. I mean, I feel the same way about other people's kids. I mean, well, you, yes. I mean, I like them and I love my nieces and nephews, but I don't want to be around them that long. But I still feel like I'm going to want to be around my own kid. Yeah. Like it's just, crazy. it's totally, it has to be different. Oh my just gosh. It's, chemically. It's definitely going to be different. It better be or else <laughs> my kid's in trouble. No, kid, come come to me, kid. <laughs> I swear I'm going to love you. I'm, and just back to that, like there was, there's not that many books out there for um, grown grown ups with Down syndrome. I just don't, yeah. I just like, I just don't get it because that's, been around forever. Oh, I know, but it's there's just stigma about it. I mean, look, I'm sure you had this discussion with your fertility doctor of like the things mm-hmm. they can test for and the things mm-hmm. they can make sure that your embryo doesn't have. And that's right. one of them. Yeah. And, you know, he was born in Italy in the 80s. So wow. or late, late 80s, early 90s. So they didn't have testing like they didn't do that stuff. Then. Right. And nor would they probably well, yeah, a lot of have people. given you the option to terminate if you wanted to. Right. I don't blame anybody who wants to make sure that their baby is healthy and doesn't have developmental. Yeah. Um, like a genetic. Uh, yeah, genetic things or like even like physical mm-hmm. disability. It's really hard and it's really hard in Los Angeles. And it's, it's really hard really on the hard. kid. It's hard for the kid. I mean, look, it's not my decision to be like play God in that way. Yeah. But like, this is what my main argument is with the pro-life movement, which is that like, you're not doing anything for anybody who's actually living right now to make their lives better. You're not trying to pass bills. You're not trying to make sure that they have financial support from the government or federal or state to make sure that they have happy, happy, healthy lives. There's one Down syndrome organization in Los Angeles, and it is in, it's like 45 minutes away. As a matter of fact, one of them was the one in San Bernardino that had the mass shooting. Oh no. That they have a facility there for down syndrome kids. Oh my god. And it's like that's not I mean, a that was a tragedy that that happened there, but it's also so my husband was trying to get him, my brother-in-law involved in that facility. Uh-huh. Even though it was far away, even though we, he was probably going to have to hire somebody just to drive him there. Yeah. So he could work. And it would have been like an over he would have lived there. He would have lived there and it was, it was just, just not, there are people out there trying very hard to make things really good for people who have disabilities and yet it is still really bad and super fucking sad. And so when you do genetic testing, I'm like, yeah, do it because guess what? It's fucking bleak. If you don't have someone like my husband and I who really truly care and have the room and the space and the financial means to like help in that way, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you do. Well, you just spend your life dedicated to that one person and not yourself and not anything else in your life. And that's... And what happens when you're old and your kid is 
in their 30s or 40s and cannot live on their own. And you know that when you die, your kid is going to go to a facility. Right. That is heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. And And I'm sure there are a lot of um, children out there who become given up for adoption. Oh, my God. I had a boyfriend in high school who had a sister with Down syndrome, and they put her in a facility, and they never talked about her. She was disappeared because there was Southern shame and, like, the fact that they had someone with a developmental disability in their family. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's so disgusting. And they were evangelical, too. They were super Christian. And it's just not right. It's just not right. And so I think there's a lot of people who, like, poo-poo the whole, like, gene testing and like making sure that 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 your baby is like healthy but i say fucking do it right do it yeah well it's funny that we're having this conversation because i so the embryo that i have has been tested twice so i had five embryos to begin with and they sent them biopsied them and none of them came back fully normal three of them were abnormal and then two of them were mosaic which means they're that they have abnormal and normal cells but just at different percentages and they know exactly the chromosome and what disease that that's associated with so my doctor had them rebiopsied and one of them came back fully normal and one of them came back fully abnormal so there's this debate right now in the industry and the fertility i guess is that the industry uh reproductive industry about whether or not mosaic embryos should be transferred or not and i've just basically my embryo now is considered low risk but not as low risk as a normal embryo because it's got we know that it does have some cells that are abnormal but it also had another biopsy with zero cells that are abnormal so the percentage of abnormal cells is probably less and then there's some the theory that the embryos self-correct because they're biopsied at five days. And so as the the cells differentiate, the fewer cells sort of get beat out by all the other cells growing. Um, so survival of the fittest type thing? Sure. Yeah. yeah, totally. And so a lot of women, there's like one of those Facebook forums where called Mosaic Embryo Discussion Group or whatever. And a lot of these women transfer their mosaic embryos and have healthy babies but the point is, I'm bringing this up because I'm going to be having an amniocentesis at 14 or 15 or 16 weeks and going to have to be making, a, I mean, if I have to make that decision, I've come to terms with the fact that I would have to terminate the pregnancy because of what the disease that is associated with that genetic abnormality. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, it was very hard for me to come to that decision or conclusion, but I also, one, I don't think it's likely that that's going to happen based on what I've read. But I don't know, dude. It's almost like you have too many decisions. You have too many choices because you have more control over the yeah. the way that you're doing. I mean, if you were just uh, you know, doing it, doing it old fashioned way, sex, yeah, just having I sex and stuff, and then getting pregnant, you would then have to make all these decisions when you do your amnio. And most people, I don't think, do an amnio because they. Because they are younger, I guess. But there's also other tests that you can do before that that are less um, accurate, but sort of lead you to... Anyway, I don't think most people do an amnio. Oh, I would do it in... It was <sighs> my first husband yeah. asked me when we were dating. He oh, was like, I remember would your you- first Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Forgot. Forgot. <laughs> he asked me when we first started dating. He was like, would you do an amnio if you got pregnant? I was like, fuck yeah, I would. Yeah. I have a very prescribed way that I want my life to be and I, I can pivot, but like, 
yeah, I would just want to have some safeguards and like yeah. knowing that I that my kid has the best chance. Yes. It's really truly not about my kid. It would be about me and my what I would have to be losing, you know? I think it's about I mean for for me it's definitely about both. Yeah. But like I'm not a rich person. I don't have I don't want that kid to fucking suffer. Yeah. That kid would suffer. And the bottom line, I don't... I don't think it's cruel, actually. I don't think it's cruel to make these decisions. I know that there's people out there who are like, you know, it's the plan of whoever, whatever (laughs) higher power you believe in, you know, to for this thing to exist. I don't actually believe that. I think it's... I think it's actually cruel to bring somebody into the world knowing or being delusional about how the world actually works. Right, right. But then I guess for me, the question is, I'm walking into this knowing that that's a possibility. But you also have contingency plan. I know, but it's like, is it fucked up that I'm even entering into that possibility? I'm I'm walking into it knowing that that's a thing. But people walk into that all the time just being ignorant. Yeah, look, as the way I see it is like, you're trying. I'm trying. You're just trying. That's all. And I don't think I don't think my chances of anything going wrong are higher than anybody else that does. I people that do IVF, half of them transfer the embryo at three days and don't test the embryo. So you're, I'm not. You're checking I'm all not, the boxes. I'm fine. Anyway, so anyway, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you're doing that. I'm glad you're checking all that and like you know. I hope I don't sound like a monster that I'm like, kill your embryo if it's damaged. Oh, no, no. I'm just, I've seen the other side of stuff and it's just not good. Yeah. It's not good. Yeah. And I also read a lot of reports on, you know, women forced into having babies that they don't, they're not ready for or don't have the ability to raise because they have disabilities and yeah. they're in a situation where they can't have an abortion or can't terminate the pregnancy and... Or they're in danger of dying themselves in childbirth and not given the option to terminate. And I just feel like you, you're in California, you're in America, you have every option in front of you to make the best decisions. Yeah. You're super lucky. (laughs) I mean, as hard as it is. Yeah. I'm cutting all of this. It's <laughs> too serious. <laughs> the, the podcast is just two minutes long. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Why are they doing it on a Saturday? They work That's on Saturdays. Ready. They just come in whenever. Yeah, they're coming to the house. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh my god, how crazy! We're here with your embryo. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had to wait till my it's uterus. A was the... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They had to wait till my uterus was the right thick. The lining of my uterus is the right thickness, and so that's when it'll be the best on Saturday morning. Fantastic! Yeah, but they know it. Yeah. Can I ask what you're doing now with your can, like throwing shade and with feminasty? Oh yeah, nothing. Wow. <laughs> well, what about I mean, we shade? do we do the podcast. You guys had a TV show. We did. Then what happened? We. D- it was, nobody. It was on the Weird Network, and <laughs> you know, we a lot of things happened. Um, I don't know if it was exactly the vision that I had mm. in mind for it. Mm-hmm. Not that I think that's why it. Aren't didn't you get responsible up. for um? Mm, what's that show called? Gay of Thrones. Oh yeah, that's did yeah. you create that? I did. Everybody knows Gay of Thrones. Yeah, that's my hairdresser, Jonathan. Oh not anymore. God. He's not too busy. Anymore. He's but, a busy guy. Yeah. Wow. He was doing doing hair, doing my doing my roots and he was talking about Game of Thrones and it was he just he called Robert Brand the and she and I was like, Oh, this is a good this is a good way to recap the what show. What did they what did he call them? 
called Robert Baranthian she. Oh. <laughs> and I and I was like, oh, so I went to Funny or Die. I was working at Funny or yeah. Die as a writer director. And I was like, hey, I'm going to do this recap show. And literally nobody cared. And I was like, okay, I'm going to make this happen. Oh, that's great. And then, yeah, I was the only, I was the only lady on the staff writing wow staff writers at, at that point so i don't think that i don't they did not respect sometimes you. i don't know how to like put things in terms that straight guys understand right 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 so i don't i, I just kind of did it i didn't really ask for permission i just was like i'm gonna do this good and nobody said no so good i did for it you. you're yeah you're great that was six years so you're doing the podcast still yeah yeah throwing shade every thursdays and then every thursday and then i'm working on a second book hell yeah What's that one about? It's about this dealing with my dad's, oh. like him not taking care of himself and then like crashing and burning and then me coming to the rescue in a very unorthodox way. Yeah. I think a lot of people would have just put their dad in a home, which would have been, which was an option for me. Yeah. But I talked to a witch in Austin and she said not to do that. Oh, see? <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> to a witch's trailer and I talked to some witches, yeah. Yeah. They're cool. What do they say? What do your witches say? I can't remember. It was a year ago. They were staying in my Airbnb. Oh, and they and came then over? I had them on the podcast. It was That's very funny. Fantastic. And we all got topless. <laughs> For what reason? Just uh, to do it? Because like I don't uh I, I, I don't get naked. I don't show my body to oh, anybody. Oh, and they wanted you to like they were like pressing your comfort level no i was just like talking about my my sense of womanhood i guess and like i somehow i brought up the fact that my mom had never seen me naked or whatever and they were like well we can all take our shirts off right now if you want and i was like okay let's do it and so we just sat here for 45 minutes all like with our boobs out it was very fantastic season two episode two maybe maybe i'm not sure i don't remember um i have a question for you about the word guys yeah yeah. Okay. If you, you guys can't see her, but she just opened her eyes wide, and he because I, I say just said, it, and I just said you guys because I say it, and I try. I'm, I'm very aware that I say it, and I, I don't. <gasps> Y'all is the best gender neutral. Everybody, it's I'm talking great. to you. It's great, but what if you just love the word guys? And, and I, <laughs> because wait, hold on, hold on. I'll tell okay. you, you won't love it when you see a bunch of guys and you go, "Hey, gals." I can do that. They won't like it. Oh, they'll love it. <laughs> to go do it. But I just, I used to call I just people, want to change the meaning of guys. Is yeah, that you not can't. a thing? No. It's like changing the meaning of milk. <laughs> <laughs> you have to come up with a new word. Because y'all, everybody's, everybody's going to think I'm country. And okay. I am pretty country, but I'm from New York. Yeah, but co-opt y'all, that word. What, what, what's uh, y- Yins? That's uh, yeah, that's Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm, yins. Yin's gun down tan. Okay, if I say it, will you be mad at me? No. Every now and again? No, I no. don't get... I say it too, and I, but I say it, and I'm like, oh, I have to stop saying that. Yeah. I used to call people girl, regardless of their mm. gender. Mm-hmm. And most people thought it was funny. Yeah. Until I did it to a cop at the okay. DNC. <laughs> and I thought I was going to get arrested. What did you say exactly? I said... Well, well, you were well, also pointing a gun at him. Well, I, yeah, sorry. I had a full, <laughs> I had a machete gun, <laughs> a missile launcher. Okay, at the DNC, they wouldn't let you bring your, your umbrella inside. This was like in 2012, 2011. And um, they wouldn't let you bring the umbrella inside. It was in Charlotte. It was raining. 
So I put my umbrella in this fucking mountain of umbrellas. Uh-huh. I came back out and I was looking. I had a hot pink umbrella because I'm me. And <laughs> she's wearing a, a pink sweatshirt right <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, I have rainbow Nikes on. I'm, Aww. you know, Cute. peacocking at all times. <laughs> so I was looking for my umbrella and he was like, oh, let me help you. What color is it? And I said, I said, it's pink. And then he said, is it pop up? He asked me like what kind of umbrella it was. And I was like, no, girl, it's a pop up. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And he goes, what did you call me? And I said, girl. And he goes, what did you call me? And I go, well, what's wrong with being called a girl? And he goes, he didn't know. He was angry at me, but he didn't know how to answer the question. Yeah. And then he goes, you have you go. He goes, get off the property right now. What the hell? Made me fucking leave. Where were you? What state? North Carolina. Oh. Yeah. So what I'm saying is that as women, we're like, oh, yeah, I want to be one of the guys. But there's no guys out there who are like, I want to be one of the girls. Right. It doesn't work both ways. And that's yeah. my problem with the word. If people used girl, hey, gals or whatever in the same way, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Right. But it's just like, also, there's a theory that the world is base level male and we're deviations of exactly. that. And yeah. so like, that's another example of it. Right. You know, right. But I try I don't, not to use it, but every now and again it comes out, and I think of you every time because you you talk you just posted about it once in an Instagram post, and you were saying like, "Hey, stop saying hey guys" at the beginning of your Instagram videos. Oh, but also, every, well, first of all, it's also <laughs> annoying. Yeah, I was. But I used it. to do it as a joke, though. I mean, oh, well, I used yes. to do joke videos and be yeah. like, "Hey guys." Anyway, that's. But that's how everyone starts all of their internet things. Yeah, all of it, and yeah. even. You know, even Brian says it on the podcast. I, it's problematic, but I think if you just know, you recognize it, that's such a big leap. Oh, okay. It's she such said a big to make a call. Oh, that's so fast. It's okay. Well, what We're did we... Because on this episode, I'm going to have to talk about my my transfer and everything too. Okay. Well, I best best of luck. And I'm so I'm just so excited that you donated all those eggs. Uh, please, if you like, see my children, call me. I yeah. If anybody sees, buy her book. Look at her photo on the cover, and then if you recognize any kids that look like her, let them know. Connect to them. No, she doesn't want to be connected. No, send them. Just say read this. You'll, you'll really know more about yourself. If you care that your children might be looking for you. <laughs> I care if they're, I, I'm curious if they're looking for me. Don't you, I don't, if, if they find me, you. Th- good job. You did it. Detective. If one con- okay. If one contacted you, you would t- have a convo with yeah. them? Yeah. Okay, cool. cool yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Well, if you're listening, hit her <laughs> up. If you have elven ears and uh, <laughs> large Irish nose and very thin lips, you might be related to me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Thanks, Aaron. Molly. Love you. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks. It's not tomorrow. Oh, sorry. Good luck Saturday. Saturday. They don't know what day it is. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Now, obviously, this interview didn't even scratch the surface, so y'all, y'all are going to have to go and buy Aaron's book. And if you want that free signed copy, go to patreon.com forward slash spermcast and subscribe for a dollar. I'll mail a copy to the first person who subscribed after this episode has posted. And for the rest of you, just go buy the book and follow Erin on Instagram at Gibblertron. And I'm sure she's also on Twitter at Gibblertron, too. Gosh, should I just look? Okay, hold on. Yeah, Gibblertron. Gibblertron, G-I-B-B-L-E-R-T-R-O-N. Now, since it's Thanksgiving week, I just wanted to say how thankful I am for all of you for tuning in week after week, for keeping me and my embryos in your thoughts, and for accompanying me on this wild and crazy journey I've been on for the last year and eight months. And you know what? Come Friday, November 29th, it will be exactly one year since my first insemination. 
Wow, y'all, that's significant. All right, here are some more thanks. Mom, Dad, Dr. Kalen, Nancy, Hannah, Trisha, Kristen, and Aaron Gibson. Of course, duh. If you haven't already, please make sure you rate, review, subscribe. And if you want to reach me directly, email me at spermcast at gmail.com. Call or text at 323-741-1818. Or find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at spermcast. Now, one last thing. It's an important thing. If you didn't already do it at the top of the episode, and if you can afford to do it, please, please, please go to Shelby Gell's GoFundMe page. You can find a link to it in my show notes. Go there. Make a contribution to her campaign. You'll be helping her out so, so much. And also, just send all of your good vibes to her. She really needs it. Okay, I'm out of here. Happy Thanksgiving, and um, thanks again for all the love. Love you. Bye. He could be bald and bearded, shorter or tall. Funny, smart, love basketball. From gay, straight, black, white. Tiny ass with an underbite. I just need sperm. Sperm cast. An Erios production. Powered by ACAST. 